Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solar line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. episode of the Art of Slowing Down podcast and today I'm super excited <laughs> because I have a beautiful manifester a colleague here with me which is the amazing Holly Marie uh actually Holly do you use Marie or Herbig as your last name because I sometimes <laughs> look I have an undefined G center so I basically respond to anything okay <laughs> I love this is probably whatever you like I love your response. I mean, your your response. That's just beautiful. So, anyways, Holly is a world's only specialist in human design manifesto. She really is the manifesto lady out there. I want to say, has a big following and facilitating the official online teaching community exclusively for manifestors. She is a certified human design and jinkies teacher and a business veteran with fifteen plus years experience in multi million and multi six figure businesses under the belt. And she's also a certified clinical hypnotherapist, breathwork, EFT, a meditation practitioner, a Reiki to healer, and a certified trauma-informed life and success coach. So I don't know what else to say, but that's quite a that's quite a resume, don't you think? I it's always so weird to hear that, right? From from mm-hmm. other people when you kind of capture your history and your work in, in one paragraph. I'm always like, wow, I, I sound pretty cool. I actually sound all right. Yeah. And I, I know because we all have this tendency not to see our magic, right? And we forget. And then when we hear our bio, and I've had this now several times on my podcast, but people are like, wow, this sounds really impressive. <laughs> I I would like that person. They sound great. Yes. Yeah, so I already we had a quick chat before we hopped on and I told Holly that I'm so excited to talk to her because, you know, I'm a manifesting generator and I talk so much about the generator part of especially being generators and manifesting generators. But I have to be honest, there's a big part of me that has a lot of the manifesto in me while I'm not here to initiate and that can be quite of a conundrum. So I'm just so excited just to hear from you like, I want to actually hear your story like you know how did human design come your way and you discovered you're a manifester how did this shift things yeah I I mean I I think I have a very similar story to most manifestors coming into human design um in that I was super resistant at first I mean we have a real tendency as manifestors behind this closed energy to say no no labels no systems I think because we we actually don't find ourselves in in anything else. You know, we find parts of ourselves. And and certainly I was already in the spirituality space. I'd already gone through a spiritual awakening. I, you know, was working as a spiritual business coach. I was heavily involved in kind of all of these languages. But um, again, in retrospect, now that I know I have an undefined G-Center as well, I never felt I was quite captured in anything. So- yes. You know, when I was introduced to human design initially, a few people had had brought it up in my space, and I was very like, "No thanks, like I'm fine. I don't need another series of letters and numbers to introduce myself with. I'm I'm quite adjusted where I am." Um, and over time, like most people, it just kept coming at me. It really felt like I was being pursued by human design, Um, continually coming up in conversation in you know, work with clients and people that I knew. And um, that went on for probably a good year. And then I was in a a mastermind with the beautiful Eden Carpenter. Yeah. She's a 
do emotional manifesting generator. She's gorgeous. Um, and Eden and I spent a few days together uh, in LA at a retreat and we were sharing an Airbnb and she was like, look, I'm just, I'm just going to dump human design all over you and see where it lands. <laughs> and I trust Eden, you know, deeply exponentially. And I, I very much had a, a super conscious moment mm. where, you know, again, looking back, it was a uh, moment of informing the universe, but I very clearly said out loud, okay, universe, hands up. I surrender. If you want to keep bringing this thing to me in this very kind of pointed way, I'll go all in. I'm completely in and we'll see what we discover. And that that just opened an enormous doorway. I mean, for me, the the first access point was not even being a manifester. That's didn't kind of even particularly make sense to me necessarily. I felt like it was a lot of nice words like, oh, manifestors are the visionaries and the edge of the collective and kind of all going off on their own. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Um, but I'm not always like that. Um, really the, the access point was seeing it physically. I came from a nursing background mm. and being able to see where there was physical, you know, that, that kind of um, biomechanics in human design where the energy is meeting up with specific parts of the body and seeing that, for example, I'm a splenic authority and I had gone through a 20-year journey with a very rare liver disease um, and the spleen runs along that hepatic line through oh, wow. your liver and your gallbladder and your spleen. Um, and that was like, oh, my gosh, that that's the first time I found any explanation kind of in this energetic spiritual space about why that may have occurred. Yeah, so me. because you didn't listen to the splenic no. intuition, right? Yeah, and, and was in environments, you know, I came from very abusive childhood. I wasn't in environments where I could process fear, where I could listen to my intuition, um, where I could remove myself from danger. And the spleen is a very mutative little organ, right? And, and you know, center in human design. And there's that energy has to go somewhere if it's not able to move. Um and somewhere through that, I guess I kind of like stumbled into vibing with the manifested part. I was like, oh, the more I uncover about this, the, the more it seems to make sense to me. But I did find that there was just a lot missing about manifestors in the human design world. It was sort of the same, the same rhetoric over and over and over again. And um, I wanted to master it for myself. I I wanted to delve deeper into that. I I didn't want the experience for other manifestors that I was having where it felt like I was alone and having to to navigate that for myself. Um because we're we're kind of a hard bunch, I think, <laughs> to get living behind our closed energy. So it's really where the journey all sparked from. I love that so much that you were hanging out with Eden Carpenter. Because I am I'm familiar, I never met her in person, but She's one of the people I also I look up to and I really I love her content. And actually recently she she shifted her business perspective, you know. So I've been following yeah. her along. And she's like, because she's really living her design, it's being authentic and she's living the manager and how we 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 kind of shift sometimes quickly and change things. So that's that's so beautiful. I'm grateful for her. <laughs> that she Yeah, me her. too. Yeah, and, she's and, a very valuable person in my life. And thank, yeah. thankfully, a, a, a real prodigy in the human design space. So yeah, she's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you say, right, if if human design is meant to be for us, it keeps chasing us. It's like it's like we cannot even run away from it. So that's... It's kind of relentless, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in my case, I don't know. It was this like, I just knew, you know, and it, it, I always say it found me, not the other way around, you know. So, I mean, I guess we're always looking for the answers, right? Especially with all these certifications we have and, and energy healing. And we're always like, there's something missing. And human design for me was that one piece where I could find it to relax, if if that mm. makes sense. You know, like, yeah. oh, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just who I am. So, yeah, I love that. And and so how is that for you? Because you're being a manifester, right? You have the undefined sequel. Like, and from what you were learning before, I guess, especially being in the, you said the nursing space, right? That's probably a very intense kind of job situation for the most part, right? 
Yeah. Um, so how did that shift things for you and how do you live that today? Uh, I look, I think for every non-sacral, so for manifestors, projectors and reflectors, deconditioning the sacral is just a beast of a journey. I mean, um, in reality, we we have all as non-sacral spent our entire lives being taught to be sacral and never really being able to keep up with that and, and measure up to that. So there's a lot of emotional complexity, I think, to to unraveling that. And it is a very kind of constant journey. I, I still need to monitor that. Um, you know, but I, yes, coming from a nursing background, the medical field is very sacral driven, right? It's very physically demanding. It's fast paced. You have to be very responsive in the moment. Um, I'm, when I left nursing, I actually moved into uh, hospitality and events. And that was my, my first business was a, mm. a cafe. Um, and I spent several years in that space. And that's probably, in my experience, the most ruthless, sacral-driven industry yeah. Yeah. that you can Even for in. me as a manager, and I have to say. <laughs> right? And so I really, I, I, I was working with sacral beings who could, you know, who could go till 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and come back at 10 a.m. the next day and, and keep going. Um and there was so much in both of those industries and careers that really landed well with me. I mean, I'm a four six, so being able to be in like a tight team, both of those industries require teamwork, yeah. um, intimate connection, good communication. They require the ability to be objective, to make wise decisions in the moment. It definitely landed for me as a splenic authority, being able to intuitively, you know, meet things in the moment and kind of move quickly through stuff. Um, but I, as a non-sacral, just, it's just so physically unhealthy for me to do it. And so in both of those careers, I just ended up sick. It just ended up completely burnt out. And that was a conundrum for me for a really long time because mentally I was like, but I love this. Yeah. I, can I, I love this. And it's, you know, 90% of this is super fulfilling for me. Um, so there was a lot of questioning around like, why can't I cut it? You know, why can't I kind of hold up to this the way that everybody else seems to be able to hold up to this? So um, I think that that's been a releasing journey. That's been a lot of like self-forgiveness and really shifting that perspective from I don't have this so that lack mentality of I don't have sacral energy and I can't physically compete and I can't be responsive to I don't need that because if I needed it I would have given it to myself I would have come as an MG or a generator I came as a manifester so sacral energy must not be something that's important for my work yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's also the human design, right? If we go to this, like, I'm missing something, that's not the case. I, I feel like any openness in this, I mean, in the centers, the undefined, like you guys, I mean, I'm talking about the undefined sacral, you help us, the world, actually teach the wisdom about that life workforce energy because even generator types are burned out left and right, right? Because... Yeah. And and I too, I have a defined will center. I need my rest on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. So um, I can probably go more consistently than the manifesto, you know, but it's it's really, that's why I'm so thankful because I think the society is just burned out in general, right? Everybody is on this like hamster wheel, roller coaster, and it's just not, it's just not sustainable. So yeah, for sure. I think there's a big sacral healing across the For board all of that, us, that yeah. we're all journeying through yeah 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 and I, and I find through the openness because you kind of reflect that back to us in a way right through the openness so we all like collectively can heal this like and especially in the context of money right we have this idea we have to work and the time right the time equals how much money we can make and that's just the biggest I think the biggest bottleneck we can ever experience and I, and I know you love to talk about manifestation and money as well so I would love to hear some of your wisdom on that sure yeah <laughs> is there anything in particular you would like to know or would you just like me to generally riff on it so yeah I mean I think this whole idea about you know because okay it depending on how many hours you work is how much money you can make right 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? And how have you been living and experiencing that it's not the time we put in or how many hours we work, but it can be literally like very focused and minimal and you can still actually increase because we have these things like the four-hour work week and stuff. I mean, it must be real, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I think that we've approached it with a lot of extremity in society. We've we've looked at it as either this kind of hustle culture, capitalism-driven, you have to work really, really hard, and that means a lot of hours, and therefore that makes a lot of money. But then we've also got this flip side narrative that's been created that says, no, you don't have to work at all. You know, you don't need to show up and that should create a lot of money. And I, I realis- realistically, I think the truth is somewhere in between, mm. right? Um, time is a commodity that we have. It's it's an asset that we have to use, but time never exists on its own. So whenever we're giving time to something, we're also giving energy to it and we're giving focus to it and we're giving space and capacity to it and those things are equally as valuable as the time that we're we're involving ourselves in something so i think you know when i first really was was working on myself as a manifester and trying to get in alignment with that i was pretty rigid with myself about identifying where's my creative cycle and where's my rest cycle and trying to just Uh, kind of create the lines of that container, if that makes sense of, no, no, I will only initiate and create create when I am in a creative cycle and I have that energy. And then when I'm in a rest cycle, I have to be completely resting. And that was an important part of my journey, I think, to be able to identify those, those energy cycles so specifically within myself. And that's helpful for teaching other manifestors. But as I've gone on, I've realized it's so much more nuanced than that. It's, you know, the layers are just so much more complex and beautiful because I can give time to something. If I'm in a creative cycle as a manifester and I've got a creative urge, I can give 10 hours straight to something and produce something phenomenal at the end of that. But additionally, when I'm in a rest cycle and maybe my energy capacity is only an hour, right, I can still produce something phenomenal. I'm still a manifester. I'm still initiating. I'm still bringing an important energetic frequency. And the money outcome can be exactly the same for both, right? I I can connect with and draw in a lot of money working 10 hours, or I can connect with and draw in a lot of money working one hour, or in some cases, resting and being and being back and not, not working at all. So I think that we just need to kind of disconnect these things in our, our own minds of like, you know, time equals money or effort equals money. They're all just frequencies that that we're playing with and I think what it really boils down to is are you in energetic alignment because if you are then you get to you get to navigate what frequency you want to come in and if if money or wealth or prosperity is one of those things great you do that in the way that you need to do to remain in alignment I love that yeah and when I when I hear you speak it's it's really all about giving ourselves permission right I get to earn and no matter how much I work right it's like I can make money when I rest I can make money when I sleep, I love that the most, to be honest, even as a manager, when I sleep. <laughs> and of course, we have created, but but that's where I love the, the thing about like systems, right? Where we can create like evergreen content. And I, I realize that now I, I used to think always that, well, it's the one-on-one work and I have to be, I have to be physically in the space. And and again, I'm not a manifester, right? But I I notice myself one-on-one work is actually very draining for me when I do it too much. Mm. And sometimes people like stuff that I recorded a couple of years ago, you know, people come back to me like, oh my God, that changed my life. Or it's like, you know, it's it's also not only like, yeah, you can really make money when you sleep. You can actually change people's lives while you sleep for the most part, right? So yeah. Yeah, because the potency in the thing that you created is still there, right? Yeah, you infuse yeah. that energy in it when you did it. You don't need to remain there with it. And I, I think that that's a huge message for both manifestors and manifesting generators mm-hmm. to say, we don't need to stay 
where yeah. we started. We're not going to. We we don't really, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to just start it, light it on fire, move forwards. Yeah. Actually, not my whole body was like goosebumps when you were talking. Because I so I have noticed this a lot from my own journey, right? And and I think we all humans have this to some extent, but so I do something, we're really excited about it, right? But then we like, ah, and the next day I already forgot about it or it's boring and you know, and I used to think, or like, well, who who cares about it? Nobody's going to be interested, right? But mm-hmm. but I have to constantly remind myself, like, something that I created a year ago or two years ago is so worth to promote, to put out there. I'm actually not being of service if I just keep it to myself and pretend it has no value. Because where I was two years ago, you know, there's so many people that are, that are there now, and it, it can be totally a game changer for them. So yeah. because yeah, there can be a tendency to just discard and like, oh, I did that, whatever. And I, I just wasted my time or nobody's going to be interested because I'm not interested because, yeah, we move freaking fast. And I know it can sometimes spin people's heads. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. It's that manifest energy, right? It's that um, once I've created it, I disconnect from it. I call it the creation tether, right? Once mm-hmm. when we're invested in creating something because it wants to come through us and it wants to be initiated, we're all about it. You know, we will talk about it. We're there. We're present. We want to involve people. But as soon as that tether reaches the end, it cuts. It completely cuts. And we have a full disconnection. We usually feel it as boredom, right? I'm bored with this. I I don't, there's almost like a distaste, like a disgust. Like I don't ever want to look at that thing again. And so we tend to, lump that in with, well, it's worthless then. Now it doesn't mean anything anymore because it doesn't mean anything to me. And I I think that what we need to remember for manifestors and for manifesting generators alike is that those things come through us because the collective needs them. That's why we have this initiating energy. The mechanics of how we do it is a little bit different, right? For, For manifestors, we do this very like bring the 5D into the 3D. It's, you know, we're not interested about what anybody else is saying about it. We're not responding to anything. We're just drawing this thing through and birthing it and getting it out. For manifesting generators, you guys are feeling the need and responding to that need and then initiating and innovating and creating this thing that is needed. But for both of us, we're meeting the needs, yeah. We're meeting yeah. the needs of the collective. And I, I, we really need to honor that. I really think that we need to hold that as the sacred thing that it is so that, sure, if you created something three years ago and you don't want to do it anymore, that's fine. But people are still going to need that. That's yeah. exactly what somebody or lots of somebodies are going to need. And, and in business, your role really is to strategically still make that available for people. Yeah, no, thank you for also sharing that for many gents that that is so valuable. And I actually would love to hear because I mean, you know, with my 13 and my conscious son, I'm listening, I'm constantly observing what's going on in the human design space and the coaching space. And sometimes it's a little bit humorous too, because there's a lot of like this black or white, right? Um and I love that you are, I feel like we're very much on board here. Like we are, we're kind of like, we need to find the balance, right? Because yeah. it's not this or that, it's not black or white. And so being a manifesting generator, right? I, I feel it's one of the biggest conundrums we can experience, right? Because we are generator types. We're here to constantly respond. Um, however, I know for myself, I have a lot of this creative spark urge energy and like I create out of the flow and I'm sometimes amazed and then I'm like exactly I'm so bored and on to the next and I'm like I'm never going to finish anything and who's going to be interested in that and then also I do initiate a lot however through responding not not from and I've, I've I mean we learn we experience experiment we practice right every time because there is, of course, this urge within me, I have to be honest. When I have this creative spark, I just want to make it happen. But I have to constantly remind myself that, okay, did I respond to an, and, and it's the idea. If it's an idea, I'm not responding, right? That's just yeah. like, 
Did I really respond to something on the outside? You know, because somebody asked me or there was something that I saw. And and so, and then I'm also, I think I shared with you, I'm in the quarter of initiation, which is also, it's a lot of initiation energy, right? So mm-hmm. I would just love to hear from you. Like, how do you see the, yeah, or what's some advice actually for manifesting generators? Because they, I think oftentimes, I don't feel this way actually, but oftentimes I feel like, why, why are they only having four types? And the, aren't the, there should be more about manifesting generators because often, I mean, in books sometimes it's just it's a, oh, it's just a subtype or it's a hybrid and that kind yeah. of thing, right. And, and for me, I have to say, I, I, I say it's a hybrid in a way because there's a big manifesto part. However, you are generating essence and you got to respond. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the whole human design space in general and definitely the collective, like outside of the human design language, still struggles greatly to understand the manifesto energy, mm. right? And, and so we see that show up in certain ways for us as manifestors. I think that we have a particular experience about it because we're behind a closed aura as well. So we get that real like, well, I just, I can't even read you. Like I can't even get you. Um, I think manifesting generators have a slightly different experience of that because you guys have an open aura. Then people assume that they do know you, but they're not capturing you. They're actually not. They're really just seeing you as a generator on steroids, right? Like, oh, you're a generator that can go really fast. (laughs) Well, Kind of, yeah, but but you have manifesto qualities, right? You have this ability to initiate and that's a very personal kind of separate, difficult to understand experience. I think even just you mentioned before that distinction between urges and ideas, that's so enormously important to anybody with a manifesto energy type at all in them, um, especially if you've also got an undefined or open head yeah I have have both undefined how about you yeah me too yeah yeah I'm undefined head and Arjuna right and so the ideas are always there they're always there and they're always coming in and you you're not actually here to respond to those you're not here to do it and I think the the greatest place of compassion that I have for manifesting generators is that for a lot of you you've really been conditioned to believe that you should be able to do it all that you should be able to take action on all of these ideas, that you should be able to create stuff and sustain stuff and support other people when actually that's not what you're here for at all. You're here to bounce, right? You're here to like just, yeah, move quickly from one thing to the next. And when we can allow manifesting generators to do that, it's so beautiful. It's really beautiful to see you flourish in that way. So yeah, I do think that there is a bit of like a camaraderie. There's a bit of this like solidarity between manifestors and manifesting generators that we're all like, I think we're all a bit misunderstood. <laughs> Nobody kind of yeah. gets us right. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully that's evolving and hopefully that's changing. Yeah. No, I think so. And especially like um, my daughter's a manager too. So it's like just just the the knowing that her when she has so creative moments and I'm just letting her make a mess you know so especially if she's with color and art I mean she can just like and it's really like she gets lost in that in a way right mm-hmm. and it, without human design I would think there's something wrong I have to fix it or you know it would be very 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 tough and also of, of course in business it's um a relief I mean the biggest release ever right because I used to put put myself into a box and I have to follow a certain path and I have to do it one way and it's just like it just does not this does not work so yeah yeah I think MGs I think you get a tough rap in business right because yeah yeah we we, we change our mind a lot we are indecisive <laughs> yeah you're expected to be generators in business you're expected to find one thing find your craft yeah. master it stick at it you know time after time and keep showing up and because you've got all this energy you should be able to build this thing and sustain this thing and focus and that's not at all how you're meant to operate in business there's meant to be this kind of glorious 
messiness and pivoting and shifting in the way that you do business, even more so than a manifester, I think. Um, And, I, you know, we really need to let MGs shine in that area. We really need to let you just carve that pathway out for us and show us that it's okay to move quickly. It's okay to change pathways. It's okay to um, have things that might be perceived as chaotic on the outside because the glory of the manifesting generator is like, I, I always liken you guys to, you know, if you're like, you know, driving around your town and there's this old like abandoned property and it's been there and not used for ages. And one day you drive past and it's getting knocked down, right? Like somebody's bought it and they knock it down and it kind of sits like that for months. It's just knocked down and it's just rubble and nothing's going on. And you think no one's really doing anything there with that. And then the next morning you drive past it again and there's a huge apartment block built on it. Just like Like that. It's just all of a sudden it's gone from nothing to something amazing. That's to me, that's the MG. You guys are kind of like doing this internal process right you're moving and you're shifting and you're innovating and you're initiating and you're creating stuff and other people don't necessarily see that that's what you're doing they're just like it's messy it's just messy what are you doing there until you then come out with this production this thing this amazing thing that then everybody else can use but of course because you're an mg by that stage you've already moved on yeah yeah exactly already left behind (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, you're onto the next department block. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so cool to hear all of that. I feel so seen. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, welcome and, to the and, four line. <laughs> yeah, because the the yeah, our four lines connect, right? So the one of the biggest things for me where I used to judge myself so much is that, you know, even though I mean I'm sacral authority and my sacral response that doesn't necessarily, does not necessarily mean I'm in because we have this envisioning phase and we we need to dip our toes into the water. Let me see if I like the chocolate and eh, not so much as too sweet. Let me go somewhere else, right? So that that in itself is like, uh, it, it was such a game changer. And and like now sometimes I change things in my business and the next week I change it back. And because I like, I have to play around with it. And I just, you know, it takes time to embrace it, but the more I, I talk about it, like, and I talk, and I, I've noticed so many other MGs when we just, I think I had one podcast episode, the permission to be you as a manifesting generator. That was the biggest hit, right? Because it's about, we don't finish things and that's okay. And let it be messy. And just to, just to embrace that. It's such a, Yeah. Make, allows me to relax let's put it this way <laughs> yeah I love I love a relaxed MG yeah I'm enamored I'm yeah. always enamored by MGs in alignment I think you're beautiful <laughs> creatures yeah no like I think you know that's the thing with human design I love all the types we need each other and we are really here to um see the beauty in all and learn from each other and um because that's where I really like when people lose me when it's when I get this vibe of like oh, we're this time and we're this time and we're better. And it's like, you guys are missing the point. So just we're going to go somewhere else. Um, And I mean, human design is about bringing us together and allowing each other, like like you, you're the manifester. You have that, you initiate that idea and you go somewhere else and you let everybody else take care of it. You lead the show. Um, I need that because I couldn't do that. Or, and then we need the projector and put the systems there and, the strategy in something and then we need some lit up generators that freaking love doing this and working it and having more energy from doing that right and then the yeah. reflectors that are reflecting back everything to us and yeah yeah so and I think that's that's part of the wounding for manifestors currently in the human design space in particular is that because a lot of the messaging we get is you're the lone wolf right? Like you, you do it your, your own way and you go off on your own and you know, you don't, don't be told what to do. Granted, we don't like being told what to do, but nobody does. And we certainly have an anger response to being told what to do, but um, we're quite frequently referred to as just, you, you do go and do your manifesto thing. Like you, you go off and you do that alone, but actually we, we can't be alone. We, We can't do what we do without other people um and that's a really damaging perspective for us to swallow that oh it's it's just better 
it's better if I'm alone. It's better if I'm not reliant on anyone. It's better if I don't trust anyone. It's better if I don't share my creative urges, right? Then we end up very lonely manifestors and really um, crippled with doubt and really feeling very vulnerable about the things that we create, which I think that manifesting generators understand as well. Like, I've just put all this effort into creating this thing. I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if it's adequate. I don't know if anybody wants it. So um, this concept, which I agree, I think the whole foundation of human design is that it's about harmony. Mm -hmm. It's actually about bringing us together, not separating us apart. And, you know, we need to start having conversations around that. Manifestors need to start having conversations around that as well, which, you know, I do in my space. But um we need to know that like we're we're all in it together. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. I need projectors, I need generators, I need reflectors. I'm surrounded by manifesting generators as well. I I love it. I need it. I need these people in my life. Yeah, I love that so much. And I mean when you when you talk uh, harmony, because my I have the 50 gene key. So even in my oh. MFO sequence. So Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice. oh yeah, yeah. I need to check out <laughs> your So but it's like I'm all about like I, I can see the corruption so clearly and I'm I'm so like I always want to bring things into equilibrium and into harmony and like it's just um really really drives me in some way so and I if you don't mind I would actually love to hear a little bit because you're also into the jinkies right yes yeah I can see that spark in your in your eyes yeah they <laughs> yes, love that too. yeah um, so I would love to hear, like, how do you see, like, human design and the jinkies go together um, and enrich each other? I, I think it's a deeper language. I think that gene keys is just a richer language than, than human design is. And that's not to take anything away from human design. I think human design is profound and has so much to it, right? There's in all of the layers. To me, human design is an onion right? It's just like pick a layer, go to layer, yes. see what it can show you. Um, what I feel that Gene Keys really brings is a specificity and a depth to a, a very, you know, unique area in in looking at the gates slash the Gene Keys, right? Um, there's, a, there's an expansion in that. And I, when I was first coming into Gene Keys, I think what really blew me away was that the access to understanding this and experiencing your gene keys and your sequencing there is contemplation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do. Yeah. It's just you just have to ruminate, think, let it settle through your body. I mean, that for me was just so, yes, yes, because that is the human experience. That is how we integrate. And even in these, um, you know, spiritual kind of personal development spaces, we're so fast. We're so like answer driven, right? It's really like, oh, I've got to have this intense experience so that it revolutionizes me and it transforms me. And then it will show up as money in my business, right? (laughs) And Gene Keys says, no, just no, you can't, you can't. You've just got to receive it and you've got to sit with it and it will you know, that process of awareness, just being aware is, is what will unlock things for you and unfold for you. Um, and certainly the the depth within gene keys around those biomechanics, how things are showing up in your body, what, what system of your body is it showing up in, what amino acid is it connected to, right? Like what genetic coding is in this? Like that is a depth of science and energetics that is just delicious to me because it's so grounding yeah yeah I'm a huge fan and I'm actually about to embark on the Venus sequence retreat so yeah good luck yes no and I and I love also I mean for me like human design is more like a little bit more mental in a way that that it gives us a strategy and and really this awareness this understanding okay this is how I'm supposed to make decisions and kind of like we need to know those things. And yeah, exactly. Jinkies is like, you're just going to relax. You're going to chill and just take your time and let it unfold. And yeah, the depth of the jinkies, like, you know, we talk the gates we have in human design. It's, there's a lot of information out there, but it's, if I look at the jinkies, it's nothing. It's really just yeah. like, 
Oh, the high and the lower expression. And like, for example, I have the gate 40 is my core wounds. Mm, so it's in my yeah. unconscious mouse, right? So yeah. from a human design perspective, I would just say, well, I need um, I need rest on a consistent basis, right? That's basically, and set boundaries and stuff like that. But going into that in the gene keys made me understand at a whole deeper level. Yeah, the behavioral pattern. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like enlightening, (laughs) seriously, so amazing. And and like and like you say, there's nothing to do. There's nothing. And I I honestly, I I know there's so much out there about like how to heal and we need to heal and fast, but even and we are here manifesting energy, right? And managing. So we are moving fast. But I mean, my podcast is called The Art of Slowing Down, right? Because Uh, that has been literally the message all my life mm. always and and when i do consciously slow down which i wouldn't be able to dive into the jinkies if i'm not slowing down right it's all about the pause and the art of contemplation so every time i do that that's when i'm open to receive those creative urges and 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 listen to my intuition or can even i can't even feel my sacral if i'm just running around and you know moving too fast so like yeah. the, the the slower i go the more leverage i have to pivot really fast i guess in that way yeah, right? yeah it's the drawback to push forward it's a weight yeah. right? oh, it's, it's like it's the ocean huh? it's yeah like- so it can land absolutely yeah and i think that the human design language has a lot of masculine qualities to it which mm-hmm. um i'm a quad left all of my variables point left i'm i'm an unusual manifesto you know I'm very strategic and I'm focused yeah. and I, you know can be kind of lasered in on things and very productive and routined mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot about that masculine structure that appeals to me in human design because I think it's just very clear it's very direct that makes it really accessible the gene keys is very feminine I mean the gene keys says like yeah Mm -mm. let go of all of that we're not here to do we are simply here to be and all of this already exists and if you want access to this thing that already exists within you you do need to slow down you need to pull back you need to um really trust in this sort of ambiguous timing of like it will just come to you it it will make itself available to you and i think there's a real beauty in the the balance of those two systems working together i think they're great languages to put together well it's like gate 1 and gate 2 right the most masculine and the most yeah feminine. the divine yeah they, they go together so which are both of my incarnation cross so oh cool yeah yeah it is there's there's some there's something with that and um, I, I say always the same, like human design is more masculine, Gene Keys is more feminine. And I'm, well, I'm not a quad right, but I'm one error away from being a quad right. <laughs> You're so I'm, close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I actually today nerding out a little bit. So Ra, I looked at his chart, Ra from human design. Mm-hmm. He has three mm-hmm. arrows pointing to the left. So he's almost a quad left. And yeah. Richard Rudd, I believe, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty sure. I don't want to. I have to double check, but I think I remember he has also three arrows to the right. So he's almost a quad, right? Interesting. So I was like, oh, how cool is that? You know? Yes. It's, it's just like, there's much more. He also has the um, incarnation cross of consciousness like you have, Richard Rudd. So it's just like, yeah, it's just like how people live in their design, right? How they're embodying who they really are. And um yeah, it's just beautiful. And 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 for me, you know, even though I'm such a wild manager, I'm all about here to guide and bring feminine flow into society and create a new future. And like, you know, it's 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 not just the type. There's so much more. So much, so much more depth and and so much more to understand, I think, about sharing energy, collaborating, borrowing yeah. energy from people. I've really been enjoying that process consciously in my business this year and um I'm deliberately working with people up close in my space who are quad rights um mm-hmm. because it's really challenging for me right yeah. <laughs> it's really and I need people like you to yeah. put these systems into place because don't even ask me you know exactly right exactly so I, yeah I just I think that there's so much beauty in that in just stepping back and observing and allowing um, ourselves to gain more wisdom and insight about energy, what, yeah. 
what is energy? How is it moving? What are we doing with it? What does it mean to us? What does that feel like? Yeah. And when, when we can let that energy flow uniquely, we get away from this, like, oh, we have to do it all ourselves, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm not good at what you're good at it. And I and I and I think in the school system, oftentimes we get so taught that you have to be good at everything, right? Instead of just, huh, what if we can just let the kids do what they're good at? Of course, they want to be able to have basic math and be able to read, right, and write. But yeah. I think we are really forcing oftentimes, right, um, things that are not your natural talent, you know. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I have three kids. I've got a projector, a generator, and a manifester. Uh-huh. Um, and watching each of them navigate through the education system is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really fascinating to see where um, where they're expected to fit in. You know, where they kind of get those edges rubbed down, especially the manifester. Right? right and how much anger he feels about that and and how much resistance he has to it and um yeah it gives me a lot of reflection on my own childhood right there's a lot of healing in yeah. in kind of being able to parent um, kids of different energy types but certainly kids of your own energy type as well yeah yeah they're our biggest healing opportunity right i agree always yeah I love that. So Holly, I would love to hear from you how, you know, you have this manifesto community. I would love for you to share a little bit about it. And then for anybody that's interested, what is it that you offer? Is it like a monthly container, yearly container? What what does it entail? would love to hear. So we are at the manifesto community. We're mostly on Instagram. It's kind of where we hang out. Um, And it's not all manifestors, surprisingly. We have a lot of people who are non-manifestors who kind of, I sometimes feel like we're zoo animals, right? They kind of come in and just like watch us and observe us because um, maybe they're married to a manifestor or their kids are manifestor or whatever. But um, we talk exclusively, you know, with human design and gene keys content around being a manifestor and, and what that is like. It's definitely a community. I'm a four I'm a four line so it's very important that there's a lot of conversation and intimacy and space together um all of our products are manifesto focused and largely are pretty self-paced so everything is at the manifestocommunity.com um I have just recently broken away classic classic manifesto energy I was like well that urge is done and now I'm feeling a little bit bored so I've taken a little side project and created um, a second account on Instagram, which is I am Holly Herbig. And over there, I'm just talking all about business. It's not human design at all. It's just drawing on 15 years in business and having a lot of conversation around what is business? What does this actually mean? And how does this work? And how do we cut through all of these illusions and, you know, crappy, unhealthy conversations around business? So um yeah, if you're a manifester or you're interested in manifestors, definitely come and hang out in the manifest community. And if you're really more about business, feel free to come over to I Am Holly Herbig. We'll see how long that little urge lasts and where that takes yeah, me. Right. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, I want to actually check that out, your 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 new channel. That sounds intriguing. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we're here to change the way we do business, right? So Agreed. Yeah. Especially with uh, having the knowledge of human design in the back burner. So it's it's definitely because it's not sustainable anymore. So I, lo- I love that. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> There's a reason why the divine is this bringing through you, right? So we will see what this is going to evolve. And so I'll make sure I drop this on in the show notes, of course. And I want to really thank you for your time. I just was such a beautiful conversation. I love how you brought together the manifesto and the manifesting generator. I think that's going to help so many of us. Um, and I love your energy. You're so genuine and just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's a real privilege. It's an absolute honor to be able to meet people, to have access to your audience. Thank you for letting me borrow some space and, and share some time with the people that that come and collaborate with you around your work. So thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, of course. You're so welcome. And before we finish, I want to ask you one more question, um, which is like just one final piece of wisdom or that's really on your heart that you want to share. If that's with the manifestors or the whole audience, whatever that heart message is. Oh, golly. Mm, opening up the four. <laughs> what does the heart want to say? I 
But I really think that we are in a space at the moment where we have access to a great deal of healing, especially around relationships, right? It's a big theme right now for all of us. Um, And that's challenging. That's a really challenging thing. I think a lot of people right now are feeling very triggered and kind of insecure and confronted and challenged by questions of worthiness and intimacy and connection and communication. Um, And I, you know, for those who are, have perhaps only just scratched the surface of their human design or haven't really, you know, dived fully into it, dive further because there's a lot of answers in here. You know, there's a lot of clarity. Um, If you're already far down the human design rabbit hole, go into your Venus sequence in Gene Keys (laughs) because that is really going to illuminate a lot of things for you because I I really feel like we we do have the genuine capacity to heal deeply right now and we just need to be willing to show up for ourselves to do that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. So, I was I think I was just nodding and nodding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like and because I'm about right to embark on the Venus sequence and yeah, it, it's such a gift. I, I really like you say it's such a privilege we have actually access to this because I mean, 1987, when we were like little girls, right, that that our parents didn't know, they didn't have human design. So we have now these like incredible tools of awareness. And I can also say, and, and I think it's always a journey, we go much deeper, but the impact it has had on my relationships, is just blew my mind continuously. Mm-hmm. Does. No, it's not only, it's for every area in life, for your health business relationships like anything you can think of kids parenting it's for everything it's for life really you know anything yeah, life, yeah. That's, that's what it's for so thank you that, that was a very powerful i knew there was something magical so i had to ask you <laughs> thanks i'm glad it was received well <laughs> yeah okay beautiful so again thank you so much holly um this was just amazing and i um so delighted you are listening to us i hope you enjoyed this episode i'm actually pretty sure you all did and i'm excited to be with you on the next one thank you for listening to this episode and if you enjoyed what you heard today then please subscribe rate and leave a review on itunes And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.